All right, open up your Bibles. Revelation chapter 21, Ryan actually called us to worship from the core text for the message this morning. I want to invite us into the season called Advent. Now, Advent may be a new practice for some of you. Maybe you grew up having Advent traditions all around, and you just you were lighting the candles, and you had the wreaths, and you came to church, and there were readings. For us in the Protestant church, and for Eagle, we're like 10 years into this, like 1,500 years the church has been doing that. We're like trying to play 1,490 years worth of catch-up here. But what we're doing is we're just trying to recapture the four weeks of preparation to Christmas. What Advent is to Christmas, Lent is to Easter. That's this season that Christmas is so important and so significant to our faith, we can't just rush into it. And would you agree with me that perhaps any other year we've lived through, we really need Advent in 2020? The four themes of Advent are hope, peace, love, and joy. Christ as our hope, Christ as our peace, Christ as our love, and Christ as our joy. And in the midst of all that we've been navigating this year, we gather as an act of worship And with confident faith and trust, we light the candle. Today, we light the candle of hope. And I entitled the message today, The Way Things Are, It's Not the Way It's Always Going to Be. Does anybody need to be reminded of that today? The way it is, is not the way it will always be. And we can be anchored in that truth because of this truth that God is with us. Advent means coming or arrival. That's what the word means. And so it has a bi-directional focus to it. And this is what we'll be doing over these four weeks. We will remember that Christ came. We'll remember what happened. We will look back at the manger and say, God promised he'd send the Messiah. He sent the Messiah. God has come to live with us. We remember that. And then simultaneously we stand and we look ahead that what has happened before will happen again. And as we look ahead, we remember this, that Jesus said in the way you saw him depart in his resurrected state, he said in Acts chapter 1, the same way you see me go, I will return. That when Christ comes back, Here's what we're not going to see. It's not going to be clothed in a manger on the outskirts of Bethlehem in the humility of some animals in that stable. He's going to come robed in majesty as the king of glory to reign and rule from his throne. So what we do is in Advent, we hold this like bi-directional tension that God said he would be with us in Jesus. The Bible word for it is Emmanuel. That we look back and we said, he said he would come and he came. We remember what happened. And then we hold on to this. He will come again. What has happened before will happen again. And when he returns, he's going to set all that's not right here. He's going to set it right. And that's the grounds to be a people of hope even in 2020. That's how we're to anchor ourselves in hope, even in the midst of a world that seems to be in a big mess. And it just seems like week after week and month after month, you go, how do we light a candle in the midst of this darkness? This is how we do it. We're an Advent people with Advent hope, with God with us hope, Emmanuel hope. And we remember how Jesus prayed the Lord's Prayer. Maybe some of you regularly pray it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The next phrase is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What's the next phrase? 
on earth as it is in heaven. You see, Jesus is praying. He's like, hey, Lord, make up there, come down here. Uh, Memo, things down here are not running like they're running up there. Right? So Jesus says, but Lord, one day up there's coming down here. And when up there comes down here in its full resurrection glory, it's going to set right everything down here that's just not right. That's just out of line. It's not the way it's supposed to be. It's broken. Even when things are going great, there's this lining of brokenness to it. And Jesus prayed in Matthew 6. He says, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he told his disciples in Matthew 19, he said, I tell you the truth. He used this phrase, at the renewal of all things. I put in your notes, if you haven't pulled out your notes, you can download them that way. You can scan the QR code in the, front, in the chair in front of you. You can get them online. But in the notes, I put the word renewal. It means polyngenesia. I am not going to have you say that after me through your mass. That's going to sound horrible through your mass. Polynesia is the word. It means Genesis again, Eden restored, begin again. It means set things the way they're supposed to be, Polynesia. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, that's his phrase. He's, that's, his, that's his rooting and advent hope. He's saying, Polynesia, what has happened is going to happen again. I'm not coming to the outskirts of Bethlehem. I'm coming to a throne to reign and rule, robed in majesty and glory as king. And I'm going to set all that's wrong right at the renewal of all things. We are a Polynesia people today, church. That's how we enter into Advent. We put our feet firmly on the ground. We look at the realities of the world. We don't put our head in the sand. We know what's going on. We recognize it's tough. We recognize the darkness. We recognize how difficult it is for just everyday life, not only in our own congregation, all through the world. We look that in the eye, but we look through it to Paul and Genesia. That's how we have hope in 2020. That's how we light a candle in the midst of this. And we'll do it all throughout the month. And as the candles grow through the month, what happens? The light increases. The light increases. The darkness is pushed back. And when we gather on Christmas Eve and we light our candles off the Christ candle, we'll see this whole room filled up with the light of His hope. That's how we're a people of Advent hope. God with us hope. Emmanuel hope. Polynesia people. And so for a few minutes this morning, I want to unpack kind of three realities of being a Polynesia people grounded in Advent hope. The language is Revelation 21. I'm calling it the language of the no longers because this is how we're able to stay grounded with a hope that can become an anchor for our soul. Revelation 21 says it this way, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will be with them. See, that's the God with us reality. God promised he would be with us. He sent Jesus as a manifestation of that promise. And he promises to be with us for all of glory. See this? They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Here's the no longers. There will be no longer, no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. So three realities of the no longers. There's going to be this time coming in the Polynesia at the renewal of all things. When Christ returns, here's our Advent hope. There's going to be a time where there's no longer a source for sadness. No longer a source for sadness. 
And boy, has there been an abundance of tears this year. The headlines themselves are enough for sadness. You kind of have to monitor your news intake today just for the volume of sadness you can take. Right? When it seems like the, the news feed is all about the death counts. Well, that's a super great way to start your day. But you know there's a day coming when there's no such thing as a death count. There's, there's going to be no reason. There's going to no longer be any mourning. This past Wednesday, we had Norma Jean Evans Memorial Service. And uh, some of you went and attended. Thank you for your presence there with us. Some folks from the flats came, and, and uh, it was a really special time. And Norma Jean's daughter stood up, Mary, one of her nine children. She stood up and shared about how her mom had called each of the children to her bedside over the past few weeks because she knew her end was coming near. And she had the conversations, in Norma Jean's own words, that were just long overdue and needed to be had. Does anybody have any of those? We all have them somewhere in our lives, right? The conversations that just seem to be a little unresolved and unfinished and just, you know. Well, Norma Jean, she wanted to have those as best she could in her final days, and she did. And Mary was one of those conversations. And she said one of the things that struck her the most about watching her mom in her dying days. Her mom lived in tremendous pain, though she never really spoke about it. She had ovarian cancer that moved into lung cancer, and the nurse would come by two, three times a week and just drain off several cc's of fluid from her body just so she could kind of keep breathing. It was just not an easy physical existence. But, but Mary said, I saw so much peace in the midst of my mom living in pain. A woman with great peace. And she had a countenance of joy and trust in God. Mary said that she taught me like how to die in grace. And as you heard me say, Norma Jean wanted all of us to know the only explanation for her life is that God is love. She said, tell anyone who would come to the memorial that God is love. And she attempted to reflect that love in her life. And then Mary told the story that while they were at their bedside playing How Great Thou Art, she said her mom's one of her eyes formed one final tear. And Mary said she was standing right beside her and she watched the final tear stream down her mother's cheek as her lungs filled with air one last time and she took her final breath. And she said the song How Great Thou Art was playing and it was such a, a sacred moment. And when she's describing that, I thought... You know, right there in that moment, Jesus says, there's a day coming when that scene is no longer. Like that. No IVs, no morphine drips, no nurse coming by with a really long needle to draw off cc's of fluid, no final tear running down your mom's cheek, no saying goodbye, no cancer, no death, no mourning, no cry, no pain, no sadness. That's going to be no longer. That the way things are is not the way they will always be. Current is not eternal. This is Polynesia hope. This is Advent hope. This is God with us hope. That we hold on to this. That what 
the Osborne and Evans families are living out, and some of you have lived out this past year. You said goodbye to loved ones, those close to you, those dear. You've been beside the bed. You stood there and saw the suffering. You watched the final breaths. You've gone through some memorial services. In that, to remember today, Advent says remember and hold on to this. It won't always be this way. There's a day coming when there's no more need for a memorial service because there's no memorials to be had. And I don't know about you, that provides great hope. That's how I can light a candle in 2020. The second thing Revelation 21 says, there's no longer any curse. Now, curse is a Bible word to describe what your Bible says about. This is your Bible right here. Here's your Bible without the curse right here. Genesis 1 and 2, without the curse. Here's your Bible all the way till Revelation 21 and 2, right here. There's how much your Bible with the curse. The curse explains so much of everyday life. The curse explains so much of our year that we're all living. The curse is God's pronouncement of judgment and consequence on the rebellion and sin of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. It says, hey, you chose to go about it your own way. You rebelled. I told you not to do this, and you did it anyway. Such a commentary on the human experience. We know the good we ought to do, and we don't do it. James 4, 17. That's sin. God's response to sin is curse. And the, cur- the role of the curse is to remind us that we need grace, that we can't do it without Him. And so it's broken in this world because there's this curse upon the earth, and the way things run is just broken. I pulled a few images off to kind of capture. Here's how the curse explains this, this scene here. Like, what's all this about? That's the curse. Next slide. The curse explains why we have Operation Stolen Innocence, where 170 people are charged in Tallahassee, Florida, for a child trafficking ring. It's like a two-year journey, and they said it's just the tip of the iceberg. The fact that we have a program called Operation Stolen Innocence, it's the curse. Next slide. You see these scenes going on around the world, refugees like in boats, living in these kinds of settings, just trying to survive, just trying to make it through another day because they're fleeing a setting, a situation where literally their physical lives, families being separated, children not knowing where moms and dad. I mean, it's the curse. It's the fallenness of the world. That's where you see the scenes you see. It's the curse that explains so much of what we experience in our everyday lives, whether that be externally or internally. The curse explains your internal civil war that you have with yourself. The curse explains this, and here's the hope we have. Revelation 21, Jesus says a Polynesia people, and Advent hope people are people this. They recognize, you know, the curse has an end date. You know that church? The curse has an end date. How glorious was Norma Jean Evans' last breath here and first breath in glory? She took a breath, her first breath in heaven, curse-free air. All that's unfinished and unsettled and unsaid, it's all set right there. Curse is lifted. That'd be unbelievable. We've only known curse air. Only Adam and Eve can speak about both sides of it. I suspect their commentary would be, yeah, we like the former much better than the latter. 
The curse explains why we don't drift into good places, why we have this bent towards evil, why we can have this public persona separate from the private reality, how we can get so skilled at running and hiding. How do we get so good at that? The curse explains all of that. But one day, Jesus says, everything that's fragmented and splintered, one day he's going to bring it all together at the renewal of all things, at the Polynesia. Here's how John Eldridge put it. I put this quote in your notes because I wanted you to have it. Think of it. Think of all you're not going to have to wrestle with anymore. The fear that's been your lifelong battle, the anger, the compulsions, the battles to forgive, that nasty root of resentment. No more internal civil wars, no doubt, no lust, no regret, no shame, no self-hatred, no gender confusion. What has plagued you these last many years, what has plagued you all your life, your healer will personally lift it from your shoulders. Do you feel that, church? I want you to bring to your mind, like, what's the greatest source of internal pain that you carry right now in your life? I want you to bring that to the forefront of your mind right now. Your greatest source of internal pain. Kind of name it. And right now, I want you to just experience Jesus lifting that from you. Imagine that. He lifts that from you. It's no longer. And that feeling you have right there when he lifts it from you, that's your destiny. That's Paul and Genesia. That's the renewal of all things. That's when he sets things the way they're supposed to be. And that's how we're a people of Advent hope. That's how we hold firmly to God with us. That what has happened will happen again. So no longer any source of sadness, no longer any curse. And then thirdly and finally, no longer any old order of things. Wow, we don't need a lot of commentary on old order of things. That's this year. 2020 subtitle, old order of things. How many times we've said this year, that's not right. You've either said it out loud or you certainly said it in your head. You looked at a situation, you looked at a, that's not right. I was reminded like, how many times I've said that, either out loud or by, like, that's just not right. Like when I took the phone call from the Whitestown mayor a few weeks ago, Jason, when he called me, and I'm, I'm in my car and I'm listening to him describe like the domestic violence mess that is happening in Boone County and his cry for help from the local churches in Boone County to band together and to help and to do something to stem the tide. And he talked about the innocence of the women and children in those settings. And he said, it, quote, it's completely out of control. Inside, I said, that's not right. And a few days later, I was, on the, I was on a Zoom call with a bride who was in tears because we're working through the wedding planning process. And for the second time in her wedding planning journey, she had to have the conversation that many of you in the wedding planning business have had. She talked about how she'd been dreaming and planning and preparing for this day that's supposed to be so joyous and such a great celebration with all her friends and family. And she just learned they had to pull the plug on the whole thing again. And she was just crying. I just thought, that's not right. Like, why can't this bride be married to this groom in the presence of all her loving friends and family? It's And on and on we could go. Where you just look at a situation or you walk through an experience or many of you have loved ones in settings where you physically can't see them. 
I was talking with a man recently whose dad is dying. He's in a setting, in a hospital, in a wing where he physically can't go see his dying father. He stands outside and looks up through the window. His dad's in the bed on the other side. He can't come to the window. His last memories are going to be that. That's not right. That's old order of things. That's old order of things. And Jesus says today, you be a Polynesia people. You hold on to this. That what is, is not what will always be. Current is not eternal. And one day, when he returns, he will set right everything right now where we have declared, that's not right. I know there's some stuff going on interpersonally, no doubt. Where you just go, that's just not, it's not resolved, it's not worked out, it's not, it's not finished. Hold on to this. The Paul Indonesia, he'll set it right. It'll get finished. It'll be the way it's supposed to be. And we light the candle as a people of Advent hope, of God with us hope, holding on the tension between what he said he would do and what he promised he yet will do. Worship team, why don't you come on up? We've got one final story to share. I put this in your notes as well. It's one of my favorite scenes from Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Those of you who are fans of Tolkien's series know the scene is Mount Doom and the ring has finally been destroyed. And so there's this scene where there's like this big destruction and it's kind of the culmination of the whole journey. And Sam, Sam wakes up from his sleep And he's surprised to see Gandalf, the kind of Christ figure in the story. And here's what Sam says. Gandalf, I thought you were dead. (laughs) But then I thought I was dead myself. I thought, how many times have we woken up in 2020 and thought that? I just woke up. Am I really living this year? Is this really happening? Has anybody had that this year? Like, is this really happening? And then this line. Is everything sad going to come untrue? So Sam asked Gandalf. What's happened to the world, Sam said. Gandalf responds, the great shadow has departed, said Gandalf. And then he laughed, and the sound was like music or like water in a parched land. And as he listened, the thought came to Sam that he had not heard laughter, the pure sound of merriment for days upon days without count. It fell upon his ears like the echo of all the joys he had ever known. The close little window we get into that is seeing a young man like Josiah Smith and Jake Hendricks sprinting down a football field on a Friday night and leaping onto their teammates' arms. You know what? Right there. I want us to hold on to that little window of like full joy and full expression. Like in Jesus one day, when you look at it and go, that's so right. It's so pure. It's so good. That's our destiny. We're an Advent people. We're a Paul Indonesia people. 
We're set in this broken world now to plant our feet firmly in Jesus, our living hope. We light the candle to this. We look back and remember, he said he'd come, and he was. God with us, he came in the manger through the Virgin Mary. We're going to remember that all month. We're going to sing songs. We're going to read scripture. I hope in your homes you've got Advent wreaths to tell the stories and ground the kids. And Kim and Brad and others get the children and students. We're going to ground them in this story. Yes, it's important. Yes. And simultaneously, we do this. We remember this promise. What has happened will happen again. But when he comes back, he's not coming as a babe in a manger. He's coming as a king of glory on the throne, robed in majesty. And he's coming to reign and rule. And he's coming to declare this. There's going to be no longer any mourning. There's no reason for sadness. There's going to be no longer any curse. He's going to end the curse. And there's going to be no longer any old order of things. Everything we look at and say, that's not right. Jesus said, that's going to be removed from your vocabulary. You'll say, amen, yes, and amen. You said it right. And church, that's how we're a people filled with Advent hope today, even in 2020. Amen. Let's pray. Father, recognize today so many, either in this room or joining online, living a year unlike any they've ever imagined living, going through waves of grief and loss. I think of the Garcia family. I think of the Venard family. I think of the Hickman family. I think of the Cully family. Some just going through waves and waves or just say, I don't know how much more I can take. Would you just breathe by the power of your spirit, breathe living hope into our souls today. Help it be an anchor in the midst of all we're walking through. Lift our eyes up to see you reigning and ruling, your promise that you said you'd come again, that you're just not going to leave it the way things are. Give us the eye of faith to see that what is isn't what will always be. Give us the courage to keep pressing on, to make up there, come down here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the vision of Polynesia for the renewal of all things to come. We pray in Jesus' name.